CM Punk and MJF opened up AEW with the longest promo in AEW history. Some words were said, shots were taken. We're going to jump into all of that. Plus on NXT 2.0, War Games is coming together very nicely as we find out that NXT 1.0, the black and gold brand, will take on the multicolored NXT 2.0 brand. We're going to jump into everything you need to know about both AEW and NXT tonight on The Debrief. Here we go. Watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out. What's up, everyone? This is The Debrief. I'm your host, Jose G, and next to me is the top Chico himself, Rico El Glorioso. Welcome to the show. What's up, broski? Happy Thanksgiving Eve, man. Happy Thanksgiving Eve, Jose. Not only are we finding out a little bit more about what War Games is going to be like, we are fresh off the heels of an okay Survivor Series, I guess. Um, <laughs> but, hey, it's already that time, man. It's already towards the end of the year. And I'm just looking forward to, again, we're getting closer and closer to the road to WrestleMania with... Uh, the Royal Rumble day one coming up soon, but we still got some stuff to talk about, especially NXT and AEW Dynamite. How are you doing, Jose? I'm doing great, broski, as always. Thank you guys for joining us. It is the Thanksgiving Eve episode of the debrief. So we're going to be asking you guys, what are you most thankful for this year in the world of wrestling? So go ahead and sound off in the comments on what you thought was the best moment tonight in AEW and the best moment on last night's NXT. Make sure you're subscribing to the channel. Go ahead and click the like button, share button, smash that notification bell so you never miss whenever we drop brand new content. We've just made 23,000. We're well on our way to 30. So help us doing help us get there by go ahead and smashing that notification bell so you never miss whenever we drop brand new content. We got a lot of stuff coming here on Thanksgiving weekend. As you guys know, the top story and all the regular programming won't be on over the weekend, but we have some great videos dropping, so make sure you go ahead and check us out. And we also have some exclusive content from Survivor Series this past weekend, uh, where SP3 interviews the likes of Rhea Ripley, Queen Zelina, uh, King Xavier. So check it out. We got a ton of content for you guys right over there, man. But let's jump in to the meat and potatoes of tonight. It was AEW killing it with a great episode, the Thanksgiving episode of AEW Dynamite, and dude, the first half hour was supposed <laughs> to be QT Marshall versus CM Punk, but we got a promo off between CM Punk and MJF. Now, last week on Dynamite, MJF was out there. He had interrupted CM Punk. He introduced himself. CM Punk didn't say a word. We talked about how great that face-off was last week, that it did it. Like, we knew. Punk didn't need to talk because it was coming soon. The face-off was coming soon, and here it was. We knew. We all knew how great this face-off was going to be. And tonight, we got another little taste on in, in a fantastic promo battle that was like 20, maybe 25 minutes, the first quarter of the show. I thought this promo was great. Just some notes on this promo. Um, MJF says that Punk drops pipe bombs while he drops nukes, referring to himself as the best mic guy in AEW. Then Punk uh, comes around and responds to that statement that 
MJF is supposed to be to be this supposed to be this revolutionary in the world of professional wrestling, but in all reality, MJF is nothing but a less famous Miz. <laughs> then Miz chants start breaking out all over Chicago uh, tonight. Then MJF uh, started to re uh, respond to that. MJF said that CM Punk went soft. He's no longer the CM Punk that he used to look up, look up to, the badass, the, 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 the guy that gets the authority, right? Now he's like a PG Punk. He might as well be preaching hustle, loyalty, and oh. respect. Another oh, no. pop from the crowd there. Uh, dude, it was just a great back and forth referring to to not only his past in the WWE, uh, but also referring that he's always been considered second best, second best to John Cena, second best to the King of Kings, referring to Triple H. So a lot of a, a lot of references to the oh. WWE and CM Punk's past. But man, this promo was fantastic, and one of the, and this promo I think is going to be remembered for a very long time. In in 2031, when we it's just going to be talked about. <laughs> when you look back in your meta in your meta timeline, because by the time it won't be Facebook, it will just all be meta, yeah. right? When you look in your timeline, you're going to see a video of this CM Punk and MJF promo. Can you believe this happened 10 years ago? That's how good this promo was. Man, I can't wait to go back and be able to watch the beginning because I wasn't able to catch the beginning of the show. But I'm already seeing snips, like uh, memes and pictures of the promo, like already uh, seeing one of CM Punk when he says, the only way you're going to be number one is if we all wait around long enough for Tony Khan to have a daughter that you marry. Another just alluding to Triple H and, you know, him trying to be that. So, man, I can't wait to see this, uh, uh, to go back and, and catch all the highlights myself. But, yeah. Just what you said, Jose. Like, I'm sure it's gonna be one of those ones that we talked about. That we talk about the CM Pipe Bomb. We talk about Austin 316. When you talk about the AEW's memorable promos, this is gonna be one of them, and it's gonna be right off the heels of what we saw last week, where Punk didn't say anything because we knew it was coming, you and it, like it was yeah. a weak buildup to like all of them to just load up that ammunition and being able to just fire those truth bullets for this promo, and we got it here. Yeah, give them 30 minutes, and both of these guys a mic and. You know, this is going to be an entertaining feud. So we have the world, the war of words. So now it's going to be when are we going to see it in the ring? Is MJF going to be able to stand and deliver and go toe to toe with CM Punk? Could he beat CM Punk with a headlock takeover like he did Darby Allen? That remains to be seen. But already, just this promo is going to get us hooked, and I can't wait to see what's how else they're going to keep building off of this. Yeah, I think this was uh, this promo was very well delivered on both sides. I think uh, it, it it really uh, puts the fan in on the edge of the seat. Like, oh, my God, like they're saying this to each other. Like, we haven't seen something like this in a very long time. And these two guys are going to be able to pull it off. Um, I mean, the, the guy that's MGF just brought up everything. He brought up WWE. He brought up UFC. UFC. He brought up his failed comic book and movie career. So, the, I mean, the guy, <clears throat> excuse me, just like CM Punk said, Oh, way to go for the low-hanging fruit. But still, nonetheless, if the low-hanging fruit is there, you know what? I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat. Because if it's there and if it's in reach, I'm going to eat it. Uh, A lot of people sounding off here in the comments. Best mic battle ever. Uh, the best promo I've seen. Uh, the references were on point. Yes, a lot of people. This is going to be one of those promos that's going to be talked about for years 
to come. Mark my words. Just saying. Uh, but to follow that, we had an opening match. QT Marshall and CM Punk. The match that was supposed to open up AEW Dynamite. CM Punk got the win against QT Marshall there. Uh, then we had a backstage segment with Eddie Kingston and 2.0, uh, where Danny Garcia throws a cup of coffee in Kingston's face. Then we got a brawl, backstage brawl breaking out. That leads up into a matchup uh, this Friday at Rampage. Eddie Kingston, Danny Garcia are going to be going one-on-one. Uh, we also had a gun club. Uh, Austin and his brother going up against Bear Club. Uh, gun club was ever was able to get the win in the battle of the clubs there, but it was afterwards because on AEW Rampage, Gun Club assaulted Sting and Darby Allen, taking them both out. Darby mm-hmm. Allen came out like a jet, like like a jet, like the guy that attacked Seth Rollins on Monday night. He Darby <laughs> Allen came out of that tunnel, tackled Austin Gun down, went to the ring. Uh, so yeah, so they just wanted to get retribution from what happened on Rampage, and that's going to lead up to another matchup uh, next week. Then we also had the announcement of the Battle of the Belts official. It's going to be Saturday, January 8th. It's going to be a standalone special. It's not going to be like an AEW Dynamite on a Saturday night. No, ladies and gentlemen, this is its standalone event. One of those kind of type of pay-per-view events, special events that they had announced earlier in the year. This is one Mm -hmm. of those events. It's going to be Saturday, January 8th from Charlotte, North Carolina. So that should be a really good show because... All the belts will be on the line. Uh, we also had a backstage segment with Dante Martin uh, with the FTW contract offer, where I was kind of surprised here because Dante Martin turned on Leo, not in, like like he just turned in a tag. He just turned on him and decided to sign the contract and go with Team Taz. Where is this leading to? I have no idea. When you when you heard about that, were you surprised that Dante? signed with team taz because he seemed like he has really good chemistry with leo yeah and especially with him being as babyface as he is like it made sense when will hobbs did it like when powerhouse hobbs you know basically turned on john moxley and you know then when they were having they were feuding uh with each other and he went with team taz that kind of made sense like he fits that heel kind of dynamic mm-hmm. dante really doesn't uh, i guess it helps having uh, taz as um uh you know as your mouthpiece I still think it might be, you know, try to swerve us, like try to break him down from the inside, or they're going to eventually bring back his brother, and his brother's going to line himself with Leo Rush, and there's going to be a whole, you know, moral battle trying to get back. Do you think it's going to lead to an angle with his brother then later? Because we haven't seen his brother for several months. We know he's been out on an injury. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this actually makes sense if they're going to bring back his brother to work an angle, you know, now that Martin has turned his back on Leo. He can go over to his brother. He's like, okay, well, I'm going to get him. So I think that angle works. I think that angle works. Yeah, you know, his level to it. But, or he could just go heal. Maybe they're going to give Dante an edge to him. And maybe a little edge is going to do him some good. Kind of like we've been talking about MSK. Hopefully getting a little bit more of a heelish edge to them and be more interesting. Maybe this would be a little bit more interesting for Dante because, you know, he's he kind of comes off as bland, but he's incredibly talented in the ring. So it kind of offsets that. So hopefully yeah. this will help him break out of his show and give him some more levels to his character. So he's not just, you know, happy baby face, really, really great in the ring, but kind of just like, all right, yeah, kind Dante, of the outside of it. Dante's that, that that type of person where it re- he really flits the cliche. You don't mess with the quiet ones, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, Dante really fits. But we'll see where, where this moves on. We'll see what the angle 
is uh, with Team Taz later on. And if it's just a work to get on Team Taz's bad side, we'll see where this lead uh, ends up. Uh, we did have a continuation of the TBS tournament for the TBS title. It was quarterfinals. Thunder Rosa versus Jamie Hayter in a banger of a match, bro. These women hit each other with everything but the kitchen sink. But it was La Huera Huera from Tijuana, Mexico. Thunder Rosa getting the, the win, advancing to face Jade Cargill in the next in the next round. Should be noted that Britt Baker and Rebel were in uh, on ringside. They did try to interfere, but it just backfired in their face <laughs> with uh, um, Britt Baker trying to super kick Thunder Rosa while Rebel was holding her. And that just, actually, you know, while Jamie Hayter was holding her and then Britt Baker ended up kicking Jamie Hayter, Thunder Rosa was able to capitalize on that. Uh, but good, good, really good, solid match. Uh, good for Thunder Rosa. Then we also had a backstage segment with Chris Jericho. And it looks like they're starting to use 2.0 a little bit more often now as they interrupted La Champion while he's having a, a backstage interview with Alex Marvez. Are you a fan of 2.0 now, now that they had a segment not only with Eddie Kingston, but with Chris Jericho? You know what? Considering how little they use them on NXT, they have a lot of faith in these guys because between them and Daniel Garcia feuding with everybody, and they're honestly, they're entertaining. They were entertaining when NXT and they were doing all the, you know, outside of the ring stuff and doing all the like the YouTube exclusive stuff. It was a it was very entertaining, especially them getting in uh, you know face to face with Hit Row on the YouTube exclusive videos. They were really entertaining, and they didn't really get to show a lot of it in the ring. Backstage, BTE, these guys are hilarious, and you know what? They have all the faith in the world with them to put them against you know Darby Allen, to put them against a John Moxley, Eddie Kingston, to put them up against a Chris Jericho. They have high hopes for 2.0. So, you know what? I'm here for it, man. I'm here for them. They're giving them plenty of TV time and putting them up against the right people. They're going to keep getting those rubs, man, and they're going to be challenging for those AEW Tag Team Championships much sooner rather than later. So, you know what? As corny as they can come off, I'm here for it. I'm, I'm entertained when they're on TV. <laughs> yeah, your team 2.0. No no, no problem there. But uh, it's interesting because during, the, uh, during that interview, Chris Jericho stopped in mid-promo to just stare – and uh, I forget the the guy with the dark hair with the long hair. What's his name? I keep forgetting both of them. Yeah. I keep forgetting. <laughs> it doesn't matter. He just stops at least and he's like, "Man, you got a big head. Well, your head is a box. Square. <laughs> like, you know what? You're just you're just an uglier version of SpongeBob SquarePants. Like he just oh, kept no. just, just ragging on his head. Uh, so yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll see where 2.0 ends up going. Uh, we did have a Friendsgiving segment backstage nice. right after Jamie Hayter lost. Um, and backstage it was with Tony Schiavone, Britt Baker, and Rebel. Uh, Tony announced that Britt Baker will be facing Rio in a Black Friday deal match. Uh, if Rio wins, she will get a title shot. Uh, now, Rio should be noted in the, in the Casino Battle Royal, she was never eliminated from that match. So Tony Khan decided to put her in this matchup. In case if she does end up beating Brit, then she'll get her title opportunity. Yeah, and you know, Rio being the inaugural AEW Women's Champion, going up against the current one, it's going to be a good match. Like, granted, I don't see Brit Breaker dropping it to anyone other than like Thunder Rosa, uh, but it's going to be a great match. You know, it kind of lines up with the TBS uh, tournament quarterfinals too. Like, the women's division in AEW has finally made that turn, and it's just solidified with you know having a match like this. So. 
Uh, I would not be surprised if Rio does get the win here on Friday just to get that opportunity, but again, losing the title. But one thing I'm that's the guy that Lee was, yes, thanks, Rock Jordan. Appreciate that, Rock. But uh, I still want to see a segment, I would have wished they had the segment adding Adam Cole. Because they're doing a great job on social media. Adam Cole at just like talking down Tony Schiavone. Anytime he mentions anything with Britt Baker. Well, he's not invited to the Christmas party anymore. See, like, I want to see this play out on TV other than social media. But I I get it. They're keeping them separated. I just think once they finally do tie in Adam Cole with Britt and Tony Schiavone, I think it's going to make for entertaining TV. But that's fine. I'm okay with it for now. But uh, that's a nice, uh, you know, a nice a setup for a possible opportunity for Riho to get a shot at the AEW Women's Championship. But, of course, they are in Chicago, Jose, and they were letting CM Punk, you know, know from the beginning fully behind him. However, one of their other boys is Cole Cabana, and he was going off against the newly heel-turned Brian Danielson. How did this match play out? Uh, this was also an another great match, and this is a match – I revisited from like Ring of Honor from like 15 years ago. This is from like a while back. So it's it's nice to see these matchups again from such a long time ago. But these two guys are no strangers to each other. Brian Danielson was able to get the win on Colt, but man, Brian was vicious. We didn't he didn't get the hamburger meat chest that he normally gets during a match. <laughs> However, he did promise that he was going to kick some dark dark order head in. And he sure the hell did that tonight against Cole Cabana as he kicked his teeth out, dude. There was pieces of his teeth laying on in the ring. And he's holding the piece of teeth in front of the audience so everyone can see after he wins. And he's doing this in-ring promo with Tony Schiavone. And after, uh, during the promo, Adam, uh, Adam Hangman Page, he comes out to confront Brian Danielson. He offers him the title match tonight. Brian Danielson responds to him, that's not cowboy shit. That's coward shit. I just had a full match, and you want to come and take advantage of that? So Brian pulling the heel tugs of strings to the, of, of the heart, loving absolutely everything about it. Then Adam Page offers him a free shot since he just had a match, so he puts his hands behind his back. And then, and then Brian, he's like, you should know better. And he just drops a mic and he just slaps the living taste out of his mouth. And they just start wailing at each other like it's a hockey match, going back and forth. Hangman hits the big boot, tries to go for the lariat, and Brian leaves. And it was just a good segment. So this looks like it's heating up. Uh, I don't know how many other members of the Dark Order he needs to take on, but they will be in Atlanta next week. And he did say that... Anybody that's from Atlanta, from the Dark Order, is more than welcome to take on a match against Brian Danielson. I don't know if any of them are. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, you know, either Evo Uno, Stu Grayson, Alex Reynolds, or John Silver. Like, one of those has to be. Or even 10 will probably be up in that ring. But we already know what's going to happen. They're going to get their head kicked in. So, and I like it, man. We're seeing it here in the chat, too. Uh, You know, Stephen Chambers bringing about Colt uh, losing his teeth. Molly Warwick about, you know, Adam Hangman, uh, Hangman Page being amazing. Yeah, this version of Dana Bryan, we know he's a great heel, but it's good to see it as a natural heel and not vegan, earth-friendly, changing the belt to a wooden belt kind of heel. No, it's just Daniel Bryan or Bryan you know Anderson. What he up? You know what he brought up? What did he bring up? He, he brought up uh, – all right, so 
He's like, the last time I was in Chicago, you guys received me with a much different uh, response. And then they're like, boo. But I'm not fickle. You are. I was like, man, way to bring back these WWE hits, huh? And they're not afraid to go for it either. They just go for it. And it's great. And it works amazing. Because, all right, yeah, we talk about WWE. Everybody knows that they're out there. So, yeah, you allude to that. You call it out because it adds to your character. It adds even more. It reminds us, like, yeah, he was kind of hampered in WWE. Now he's being himself. He's being a heel you know, in a smart way of, you know, he is so, he feels he's so talented. He's above all this. Like he should be held in high regard. He should be respected as opposed to I'm the earth's champion. All the stuff that you guys are doing, polluting the air and you're just hurting. No, like you're playing a character. Now he's being himself just, you know, dialed up on the heel side, which I think works out great, especially against a baby face like uh, hangman page. So I'm again, they're just building up these feuds. That's, just getting to me more invested between CM Punk and MJF. Now you got Brian Danielson and Hangman Adam Page. I'm here for it, man. Like they're doing a really great job of continuing these storylines and just finding different ways of just keep it going. Like this time they're using Daniel uh, Brian Danielson beating down the Dark Order and being smart in how he's being healed. Like you said about you know Hangman challenging him that night. He just had a match. He doesn't want to have a the title match now. He's not 100. Like it it makes sense. He's healed. But he makes a lot of sense. Like he's mm-hmm. just like that the Falcon and Winter Soldier uh memes. Like he's out of line, but he's right. <laughs> he's right. But he's right. Yeah, you're right. I think I think this whole thing is uh is great for Brian right now. And uh I can't wait to see what else he brings. Uh we did have a main event matchup, an eight-man tag team match, Cody Rhodes in the death triangle with Penta El Cero Miedo and I uh, think it was Ray Phoenix. Yeah, it was Ray Phoenix going up against FTR Malachi Black. Uh, no, it was Pac. It was Pac. Malachi Black and Andrade. And uh, FTR Malachi Black and Andrade were able to get the win. It was a sneaky heel win, but it was a pretty damn good match. Some notable things of the match, though. Cody oh, Rhodes oh. took off his belt, dude. Oh. He threw it to the crowd. And the crowd was like, nope, we don't want it. Take it back. And that got a bigger pop than the actual win of the match. So, man, this AEW crowd not liking Cody Rhodes, bro. Cody Rhodes coming out like Homeland. I just don't think this Homelander gimmick is really working or whatever he's trying to do. I I know that he doesn't want to turn, but, man, there has to be something that he's not connecting with the fans. I don't know if it's the fan. I really don't know why these fans are turning so hard on him. It's not like he did something super bad where he's selling out or, you know, he's being a – he was barely a, a TV star, you know? So they're calling him a sellout for doing a game show and doing a reality show. But it's not like he went to Hollywood and he's walking the red carpet every weekend. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know why they're giving Cody such a hard time. But, man, what's what's your initial take back there with, the, with that belt getting thrown back in and the people just being extra salty with Cody? I thought it was, I mean, I thought it was great because that's Chicago. Like, that just solidifies what Chicago is like. Like, if you go to Wrigley, you know, formerly Wrigley Field and they hit a home run, they're going to throw it back at you. They're going to throw the ball back. You saw it in Rookie of the Year, like, when uh, he threw it back after the opponents hit the home run. So, you have to see basically the same thing, but in wrestling form. And Andrade did a great job of playing into it. He grabbed the belt. He just tucked it under the ring. Yeah. (laughs) 
And I like it. I think what's happening is kind of like a John Cena effect where it feels like he, but the thing is us as fans knowing that, yeah, exactly. See, like Rock Jordan T5 is saying, uh, Stephen Chambers saying it too. Like he's being forced down our throat, but the trick is he's doing it himself because he's an EVP and he, it feels like he's booking his own storylines. So it's like when Hulk Hogan gave the, you know, had, had the book and he booked himself to win everything. That's kind of what it felt like. But ironically enough, Cody understands and he doesn't win every single match anymore like he used to because even Malachi Black got two wins over him. So it's funny because he puts himself in the situation where like he's creating his own storylines and trying to make himself a bigger, you know, larger than like character. But we're pretty tired. So it just makes us like, you know what? No, we're not going to cheer you because the Young Bucks are booking themselves too. They booked the tag team division. They booked themselves as champions, but then they lost in a great match against Lucha Brothers. So it makes sense. But, you know, with Cody, it's he's in a weird place where he is basically booking his storylines. He's still putting over other people, but because he's putting so much spotlight himself, I think it's because of the entrance. When you try to give yourself such a grandiose entrance, knowing that you yeah. did it yourself. I think that leaves a bad taste in people's mouths, too, because it's like, yeah. okay, well, you have these guys making a regular entrance. Why does this guy need to come through the middle, through the top with a hydraulic and all these you know, yeah. all this extravaganza when you really doesn't need it. But, I mean, yeah. not even Kenny Omega, who was the AEW champion, he didn't come out that way. He's the only guy he comes through the middle of the ramp on, on a hydraulic elevator. So he's not a heel side or heel tunnel or the face tunnel. No, he just comes up in the middle. So he's trying to play both. And I think ultimately he's just going to turn into the curve. Like he's just going to go into it with that whole persona of, I'm not a heel. Like, I'm the good guy here. But he's going to do a lot of heel tendencies. Like, when he looked like he was about to hit, um, I think, Dax with the, the belt. And then he actually, like, looked like he was about to hit him, but then, like, threw it into the crowd. And then the crowd played it up, taking it, throwing it back, which I thought was great. So I think we're basically going to have him be the Highlander character or the Homelander character. Not Highlander. There is only one Cody Rhodes. Um, but until he actually fully absorbs it, and I think that's going to be when he eventually challenges for that AEW championship because he deserves it. Not so much because, you know, he's earned it is when it's going to really turn that, you know, turn the needle for him where we might actually support him. If he actually turns heel like he is basically kind of showing that he is, if he does some cool stuff, the crowd is going to be behind him. So until then, I think he's just building up that tension so we actually see it happen. But we'll see. We'll see if Cody can actually figure himself out because, yeah, as much of a baby face that he's supposed to be, he is getting booed no matter where he goes. But you put a smart town like Chicago here, and mm-hmm. you'll get what you saw. You will throw that belt out there, and it will throw it right back to you. Yeah. Guys, go ahead and sound off in the comments on this week's AEW Dynamite. How do you score this week's Dynamite <laughs> 1 through 10? I personally thought this was a very good show uh, for not having any pay-per-views coming up or anything big coming up. I thought this was a pretty darn good show. I'm going to give this show an 8.5. This promo was amazing to open up with. The Jamie Hayter Thunder Rosa match was phenomenal. And then we had an entertaining uh, we had an entertaining main event with that eight-man tag match. So overall, man, I thought it was a pretty damn good show. 8.5, all the little in-between stuff, the backstage segments, I really care for. Um, Miro wasn't on the show. <laughs> if Miro would have been on, it would have been a nine. But we know that Miro's dealing with some stuff. Uh, but overall, man, I thought it was a pretty damn good show. 
Yeah, you know what? Because they didn't have Miro or the TNT champion or a TNT championship open challenge, uh, I'm gonna give it an eight. I'm gonna agree with Steven Chambers. I'm gonna give it an eight. Uh, I still thought it was enjoyable. I still think that you know they're doing a great job of T- uh, TBS uh, tournament, especially when you have Thunder Rosa going over, her going up against Jade Cargill in the next round is gonna be great. Daniel Bryan's doing awesome. Uh, again, I have to go back and watch that promo. Probably if I watch that promo live, I probably want to give it an 8.5. But for now, I'm going to give it an 8. Yeah, a lot of people agreeing about that promo. I think that promo really nailed this show tonight. So uh, continue, guys, to sound off in the comments. And if you guys are just joining us, make sure you are engaging with the show. Hit the like button, the heart button, the laugh emoji, the angry emoji. Just go ahead and engage with the show. Show us some love. And also, guys, it is Thanksgiving Eve, and I want to know, what are you thankful for this year in pro wrestling? Go ahead and sound off in the comments. And while you're doing that, share tonight's show with your friends. Subscribe to the channel on our YouTube. Smash that notification bell so you never miss whenever we drop brand new content. A lot of stuff coming this week here ahead of Thanksgiving. We're going to be dropping some top five videos, interviews last week from Survivor Series that you can check out. We got some great content up right now. And we also got a brand new show premiering on Instagram tomorrow on Thanksgiving night at 10.30 p.m. It's going to be the bro show with DDP. Bang! So it's going to be Vince Russo, Diamond Dallas Page, and Dr. Chris Featherstone talking pro wrestling, the the state of pro wrestling today, and uh, revisiting some old stories. So check that out. That's going to be at 10.30 Eastern Standard Time on our Instagram page. So make sure you go ahead and give us a follow over there. But Jose, I got to give you and team Sid rock some props for winning the survivor series trivia challenge. You just demolished Ricochino's team. It wasn't even fair. I'm going to have to give my services to Rick next year because man, you guys <laughs> just decimated them. It was not even fair. Uh, but I did want to bring up, uh, it did get brought up in the, uh, in the comments by Paul Maine. Yeah. They, we did see a face off between Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. Again, they keep getting closer and closer to teasing this match. Would you be interested to see a potential match now between Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard on AEW? Man, I, they teased that that, that that again tonight. Is I don't want to see this, man. I don't. Yeah, this no, happened man. in the in the eighties. This happened Giant. in the late seventies. We don't re, we don't, dude. You're AEW. You don't need to be doing this. All right. This save this type of stuff for like WWE. You know, during Hall of Fame weekend or something big. Don't bring the no. Just no. Don't do it. Stop. 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 And that's you know that's trying to bring some old school into some of the new school stuff that we have going on. And another place that seemingly is trying to figure out old versus new Jose NXT 2.0, man, this was a hot episode, Rico. They definitely made up from last week, bro, because last week's episode was in the can, bro. It was terrible, but this week they totally redeemed themselves. And now we know the majority of the War Games card as they announced tons of matches for War Games. Dude, we have not only not not only we know now who is going to be the fourth member for the women's uh, side. Now that we know that Kaylee Ray will be taking the spot of one uh, Miss uh, Storm, uh, not Storm, um, Stark, Miss Zoe Stark. Stark, Zoe Stark, and so she's going to be joining EO and uh, and the rest of them over there to face off against. 
uh, Toxic Attraction and Dakota Kai. And then we also got an announcement of a hair versus hair match, bro. I'm excited. Oh, I think this is NXT's first hair versus hair match. <laughs> and I'm a hell of excited. We're going to get Duke Hudson facing off Cameron Grimes because Cameron Grimes holds it down. And uh, I hope she holds it down. But if not, oh, it's okay because that way he can get he, he got his beard a little trimmed up. The hair uh, was shorter, the beard was trimmed. It's not a bad look for Cameron. Not Grimes. a bad look. Not a bad look for Cameron Grimes. But can do cuts and pull off the bald look? That's my question. That's my question. Can oh, you're, you're automatically you're already going with Duke Hudson getting the win or uh, taking the loss. I mean, I, I can see Cameron Grimes going bald, man. I mean, him it, too. It's getting shorter. It's getting shorter. He could just be the next true, ball guy. With the it, it's, trying, it, it's trying to come all the way back. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. But I'm hell of excited or, for this, dude. You know, <laughs> at least now we're getting a payoff, right? Because this whole poker angle that they were doing, this underground poker angle, was a little lame, you know, especially that Cameron Grimes was able to hustle him two weeks in a row. Uh, but now we know where this is all leading to, the hair, and hair, hair versus hair match. So I thought this was great. But, uh, man, the night opened up with Tommaso Ciampa going up with Grayson Waller. And Grayson Waller, in the most heelish way, because now it looks like he has a solid heel turn, um, he cut off the opening intro to w to the WWE. He's like, cut off the intro, cut off the intro. Like you hear his voice while the intro is going. He cuts off the intro, and he has this whole spiel about, I don't care about what you think. I don't care about what the fans think. All I want to be... All I am is a stupid superstars. That's what I care about. What they think is about the superstars. John Cena. The, so you start naming all the legends and Hall of Famers and things like that. Uh, then Tommaso Ciampa came out and they had some words and they had a fight and Tommaso Ciampa beat that ass. Uh, so it was a good open, but man, that was Grayson Waller's best match in, in NXT to date so far. He went 15 minutes with the champ. With the champ. And it goes to show why he is in the position he is, which we find out later on in the night. But you know what? He is one of the mainstays now of NXT 2.0. So being able to go toe-to-toe with Champa holding on to Goldie, hey, that's a good place to be, especially with the impromptu War Games match, which we'll talk about later, kind of will be predicted, but that's fine. Um, however, our girls, Team Ninja, uh, getting the win over Indy Hartwell and Persia Perota, even though we did find out that it looks like Dexter Loomis is going to be on the shelf for a little while as he gets some, uh, you know, some surgery taken care of. But a good win for them. So hopefully we'll see them in the women's tag team division sooner rather than later. But yeah, Indy looking at a ring afterward, it still ain't happening. You. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got to see the return of Santos Escobar, the leader and the emperor of Lucha Libre. Defeating Malik Blade, Orlando's own Malik Blade. Uh, but it was afterwards that Leala Fantasma, they were talking about Zion Quinn after the match. Um, and then Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner interrupted the promo that said that they want to tag titles. Uh, that Joaquin and uh, Wild and Raul Mendoza didn't really beat them. Then Imperium pops up from that little podium on the other <laughs> side over there of the CWC, and Imperium. Uh, belittled both teams and spoke on how they will stay champions no matter who they fight at we war games. So looks, yep, <laughs> exactly. So it looks like we're going to get O'Reilly and Von Wagner going up against Wild and Mendoza, and then the winner of that will face Imperium at war games. So however, whoever ends up winning 
of those two is going to be a good ass match. Mm -hmm. Tony D'Angelo. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, Tony D'Angelo getting more TV time now, even though he didn't have a match tonight. He does have his money on Carmelo Hayes retaining his North American championship in the main event against Pete Dunne and Johnny Gargano and even telling uh, Vic Joseph's fiance, basically, you know, hey, you should put money on Carmelo Hayes. And if you need a guy, I know a guy, you know, just gotta give him the money, man. You know, just saying, just let him know. Uh, so, yeah, already setting him up to like, all right, we got a little Tony D'Angelo saying we didn't get a match, but all right, he's there. Uh, and then. Speaking of the War Games match, we did have one representative of the two, uh, well, from each team of uh, both War Game, uh, the, the women's War Games match, sorry. Uh, we did have the NXT Women's Champion Mandy Rose losing to the young upstart in Cora Jade as they're they getting really closer like to the her. War Games match. She's a young gun, man. I think she's like 20 years old. That's the demographic that they're pulling for, hoping to attract some of, uh, some of those eyes into the product. But man, that's a huge win for Cora Jade, man. You know, putting in a, a veteran like uh, like Mandy Rose, but that that uh, that actually raises my eyebrow, raises some flags for me, because why put Mandy Rose in this position, even though we know that this is leading towards War Games, right? Mm-hmm. However, you're supposed to be dominant. Why wasn't a member of Toxic Attraction ringside to help her out to at least get some type of a heelish win? Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, she didn't need it. She thought she didn't need it against Cora Jade, but Cora Jade's like the female Darby Allen of NXT 2.0 with skateboard and all. That's a good comparison. And here she is getting a big upset win. But, of course, uh, it was uh, seen backstage as they were still looking about who's going to be the fourth to join their team because Zoe Stark obviously can't compete as her knee is still injured. But Kaylee Ray, bad in hand and everything. As she came out, she was there earlier in the night. She comes out to the girls in the backstage and told them, I'm in. I'm your fourth. Like, not even asking if she's Like, no, I'm on your team. And, of course, the ladies were ecstatic, especially Raquel Gonzalez. She was just like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now it's on. And she mm-hmm. even already put herself in the match because they're going to have a uh, what stipulation or, the, or advantage. There you go. An advantage ladder match. So it's going to be Kay- uh, Kaylee Ray representing her team. We're going to have somebody, either Dakota Kai or any member of Toxic Attraction, going up against Kaylee Ray in the ladder match to determine which team is going to get the advantage in that War Games match. So she's already put herself in the match, and she's already put herself in this advantage ladder match. So she's really trying to you know, establish herself of why she deserves to be on this team for War Games. And we'll see if the longest reigning NXT uh, UK Women's Champion is going to be able to hold her own when it comes to this War Games match. I'm I'm sure she will. I'm sure she's a badass. So I have no doubt that she'll be able to do well. Uh, we have a comment here from Ryan Coots. Why are we talking about NXT? That was yesterday. Ryan, well, we already talked about and reviewed. We already reviewed and debriefed uh, AEW Dynamite at the top of the show. Now we're at the second part of the show where we talk about last night's NXT um, but you can always catch the replay on, on demand after we're done with today's broadcast. But thank you for tuning in, man. Really appreciate you. And, yes, I did catch your comment about MJF and Punk tonight. We talked oh, about that extensively, sorry. how great that promo was. Again, watch it at the beginning of the show because we talked about that extensively at the beginning of the show. Uh, but moving on, man, L.A. Knight uh, had a matchup yeah. or tried to have a matchup with Joe Gacy. <laughs> but that didn't happen as Grayson Waller jumped Knight from the back. Um, and the promo was interrupted. Uh, well, Joe Gacy ended up having a promo uh, with yeah. Diamond Mine 
And it looks like we're going to have a matchup for the Cruiserweight Championship because Roger Stone doesn't mind opening the weight limit to anybody for the Cruiserweight title because Gacy was calling that title was uh, uh, intentionally... Uh, it, it was, was discrimination. It, uh, it was discriminatory yes, against yes. heavier people. So somehow we're going to get the 245-pound uh, Joe Gacy going up against uh, under 205-pound Roderick Strong for the Cruiserweight Championship. Mm-hmm. I kind of want him to win. Like, I want I Joe Gacy too. to win just I because. And because it's all about the inclusivity, you know. And you know what I want to happen? I actually want him to win. And then Ivy Nile, who had a dominant win on Tuesday or last night, to beat Joe Gacy for that title. So we can have our first ever women's NXT Cruiserweight champion because we're going to make that the inclusivity belt. Anybody of any weight class, uh, any gender, any that's gender, what it should be. Class, you know? <laughs> might as well just call it the never open weight belt. <laughs> that's basically what it's going to become. That's We're still going to call it the Cruiserweight Championship. Just out of tradition. <laughs> yeah, no prestige for this cruiserweight title, dude. Like uh Steven Chambers, Gacy versus Strong for the cruiserweight belt. Another wrestler not 205 pounds. Why is NXT doing this? Like C Devlin versus Strong. See, uh, and I don't know why they did this, dude, because um th- this whole NXT cruiserweight, it was supposed to be a main uh, a main roster title, then it brought it was brought back down to the NXT NXT. Uh it's it's they're trying. I don't know. I don't think it's a it's a well-liked title. In, in the WWE. Just com- just uh, combine it with the NXT North American Championship at this point because they're not yeah. doing justice to 205. And 205 Live is barely a thing anymore. So, yeah, just let's go ahead and just, com- you know, just absorb it with the NXT North American Championship as a secondary, not a third, you know, a third belt or secondary, secondary championship. Just- exactly. <laughs> uh, Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs, my new favorite tag team from 2.0. Uh, went up against the grizzled young veterans, and the GYV takes another L. Man, I don't know what's going on with GYV, but they are falling away from grace. Now they're portraying these little pocket thieves uh, in backstage, doing little shenanigans here and there. Not liking what they're doing with GYV, bro. They were so badass in UK, badass when they first made their, their, their way here. Now they're just relegated to backstage segments and catering. Not a good look for GYV right now. Just robbing grandmas and everything. Like, yeah, that's that's robbing toxic attractions. Uh, tag team champions. They're taking the tag team champions. Opposed as the champions. Man, man, it's just a long fall from grace for GYV, man. Yeah, Stephen Chambers is right. Yeah, send them back to NXT UK, man. Have them go against Pretty Deadly or something because right now it's uh, it's uh, not looking good for grizzled young veterans. Soon to be released from NXT 2.0, uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, hopefully the NXT UK budget but, cut. Uh, <laughs> budget cut, yeah, of course, because that's unnecessary. Uh, but we did have our main event of the evening for the North American Championship in a triple threat match: Carmelo Hayes defending his title against Johnny Gargano and Pete Dunne. Again, another great match. These are three of the most talented guys that they have in NXT. Clearly, they still have a lot of faith in Carmelo Hayes. He continues to deliver. And I thought that it was just a great match all the way around because especially Johnny Gargano and Pete Dunne, knowing their history against each other, like they get to play up a lot of those things, like knowing what to expect from each other, being able to just really weave in and out between all these three guys and having all of them, you know, have their moments to show up. But we knew how this was going to end. So, of course, Carmelo Hayes wound up retaining his title thanks to... Tony D'Angelo, who, of course, had 
talked down Pete Dunn earlier tonight, saying, again, put your money on Carmelo Hayes. He's going to make sure he gets his money back. So, of course, he, just as Pete Dunn hits, uh, you know, is able to hit his move, out comes Tony D'Angelo. That sets up Carmelo Hayes to hit Johnny, so that way he can retain his title. And then all hell breaks loose. Tommaso Ciampa comes out and helps because uh, even after D'Angelo started attacking Pete Dunn, Grayson Waller, who's been fighting LA Knight all night, which I thought was great because they kept cutting in and out of segments throughout the show, of them just fighting each other in different areas backstage. And then here they come, still fighting, get involved with all this stuff. Tommaso Ciampa comes out, tries to clear everything up, and then you clearly have this divide. You have the four guys in the ring, uh, of course, of Johnny Gargano, Pete Dunne, uh, L.A. Knight, and Tommaso Ciampa. And then on, you know, in the entrance ramp, uh, we have standing Tony D'Angelo, Grayson Waller, and Carmelo Hayes. So they're just standing at each other. And here comes Braun Breaker's music. It plays. He comes out. He saunters out. And much like Io Shirai did, he grabs a mic. War games! Not as regal as when William regal would say it unfortunately but he calls it all eight men go into the ring they start brawling and it looks like this is what we're getting just like we called it, jose we said it a week ago that they had little time to really build it up but they had they made it happen and the commentator said it exactly like we were saying it old school versus new school 1.0 versus 2.0 I'm excited about this. This is going to be great. Uh, and quick side note, and this is just my opinion and not the opinion of Sports Kita or Rico El Glorioso, but right now I'm picking up from Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. I'm really picking up some Shawn Michaels and Diesel vibes from those two. Like those guys are excellent in their backstage promos. And the way that Carmelo handles himself as the eight champ, I think is great. That that's just my opinion, and my opinion's over. However, this matchup was fun. The ending segment was fun. This episode had way more buildup for this show that's still two weeks away than Survivor <laughs> Series had in five weeks of prep for their pay-per-view. All right. So that just goes to show you that if you can book a show right, you can get a lot of shit done and make it interesting. And NXT was very interesting. I enjoyed the hell out of NXT last night. That closing segment with everybody just breaking it into a brawl. That was great. Man, I'm a, I'm getting hyped for War Games because I think War Games is going to be one hell of a show. Oh, man. I just feel sorry for Gargano and Carmelo because you know out of all eight guys in that ring, those are the two guys that are going to do the high spot. Like, yeah. it's going to be Carmelo and Johnny Gargano that are going to jump off that top of the cage somehow, some way. So I'm looking forward to that spot. And I'm just really – I can see Grayson Waller doing some stuff off of the top cage. Or Grace, I, but I just think, like, they have more faith in Carmelo. Like, I think they yeah, I, I mean, more steady hands. Carmelo, yeah, we know that Carmelo can – or Gargano can do his stuff. He's been tested. We yeah. know – but Carmelo, in the last five months that he's been in the WWE and NXT per se, he's been able to do some amazing stuff. So I'm pretty sure he'll have a spot from the top. But I also think that Grayson Waller, he's pretty athletic as well. I'm sure that he could do something crazy from the top as well. 
Yeah, like him. Braun Breaker may do something from the top. Jeez, he, he's gonna do. Uh, <laughs> uh, the gonna, he's gonna do. Him. He's gonna do something. A la the Steiner brothers somehow because they they can't keep alluding to him and not do something. Like he has to do something in that match, whether it's uh, you know Frankenstein or the Steiner recliner. He's gonna do something big in that match to really keep hyping it up. But yeah, they have a lot of faith in these four guys, and especially Tony D'Angelo, who hasn't had that many matches so far in NXT. They're putting him in this match. So, you know, they have some high hopes for him in there. But of course, you have some really great hands on the other side with LA Knight, Gargano, Dunn, and Champa. Like those four guys are gonna be able to carry that match, you know, regardless of the experience of the other four guys, of the new school guys. I just think this is gonna be entertaining, you know, because this is the first time we're having a war games match in NXT without the Undisputed Era. So That's this is true. their time to show up. Like, you don't have the Adam Cole big spot off the top with Gargano to rely on. No, you have to put faith in these guys, not named, you know, the, the Undisputed Era, to really deliver on this match. I think they can. It's still going to be a little soft spot because of how great the Undisputed Era was every single time they had this match. But, you know, and they set the bar really, really high. I think these guys are going to put on a great show and I'm really looking forward to see what these guys can deliver. And even on the women's side too, because now it's, you know, a bit more of a mixed bag. Now you have Kaylee Ray with Io Shirai, you know, with Raquel Gonzalez and Cora Jade. Like those are four completely different, you know, personalities and, you know, a movesets that you have in there as opposed to, you know, Toxic Attraction and Dakota Kai who are a little bit more experienced and a little bit working together. So I'm really intrigued. And I think they're doing, just like you said, much better job building this pay-per-view coming up in two weeks than Survivor Series. is like, oh, yeah, uh, we're going to keep replacing people every single week. No. They had their set. These are the eight people we're having in both of these matches. This is how we're going to get there. We're going to make this brawl happen. We're going to make this brawl happen. Fantastic. And then you have an episode like to, uh, like last night where the running through line, which NXT does really great, was like Grayson Waller versus the, the old school, with especially LA Knight. You know, he lost to Champa. He started attacking LA Knight the entire night which brought it all the way back to the ending segment, and it all made sense. Like, all right, now you're bringing all these storylines together. Now we have a War Games match. That makes sense. Even though you're kind of forcing it because it's not a War Games to end the feud, War Games is happening, and a feud happens because of it. But they're tying it up nicely, and they're building up to it. I'm going to be looking forward to this match, uh, to this whole pay-per-view, and hopefully these you know two teams can really deliver based off of all the matches that we've had before in more games. And I think they can. I think they can too. And to answer uh, CRC's <laughs> question here, is the cage going to fit in the new building? Well, here's the thing, Christopher. Uh, I, we've been to that building many times. I've been in the old version and the new version. It's the same building. It's at the Performance Center here in Orlando. They just laid out things differently. Um, if you guys remember last year, the, the War Games match was held at the PC so I think that they should be able to make some workarounds, maybe move some of the bleachers around in order to mm -hmm. fit the structure that is known as the War Games cage. Uh, but I, I'm sure they'll be able to fit it in there, uh, which is also something that he said. But <laughs> uh, but uh, moving on there, Rico, I, I think I'm going to score this an eight this week, way better than last week. Uh, like like we, we just talked about, the buildup was there entertaining matches and a great ending i thought this was a really good uh, a really good show and i just hope i just really hope that in the in the next week for the go home 
I hope that they pull up all the stops, dude. I hope that all the women and the men are fighting all at the same time. So we got 16 <laughs> people in the ring and just all wailing and brawling. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so, man. And you know what? They'll probably find a way to really surprise us as they get you know, to the go-home show for NXT War Games. Uh, I personally, I can't rank it the same that I gave it because I think AEW Dynamite was a little bit better. So I'm going to have, mm-hmm. because I gave them an 8, I'm going to go with NXT as a 7.5. I, mm-hmm. They still kind of alluded to Bowen trying to figure him out. Like, basically, he's pulling uh, Alexa Bliss where he absorbed, uh, you know, Mei Ying's power. Mei Ying. And he he hasn't figured out how to control it yet. Uh, we did get a promo from Solo Sokoa, a video package. And I did like that he actually alluded to his brothers. Like, talking about, like, yeah, he was there with those day ones. But at one point, I was by myself. And that's when I became Solo Sokoa. So I like that they didn't shy away from the relationship between Solo and the Usos. So I, I did like that they actually acknowledged it and making it part of his character. Like, yeah, they got signed. They went to start wrestling, and he was by himself. So he had to learn how to fend for himself. So I did like that a little bit, uh, which is why it's still close to, but not as good as AEW Dynamite, just the little things. And that running through line. Like, they, if NXT does one thing really great, it's tying the entire show together to make a point. And they did it with the through line with uh, Grayson Waller and L.A. Knight, which I still found entertaining because, again, everybody's having a backstage promo. And here comes L.A. Knight and Grayson Waller just attacking each other every single segment. I kind of expected it to be a commercial and have them in the middle of the commercial fighting each other and going back through. Uh, So I thought altogether this was a much better NXT 2.0, like you said, on the heels of War Games, uh, the go-home show coming up next week. So I thought it was a solid seven and a half. Yeah, man, I think uh, I think that's a good assessment. I I I, per- I personally think that that eight is uh, is fair. Uh, but guys, sound off in the comments. Let us know what you think. Uh, but before we head out, we want to get uh, we want to say thanks. It is Thanksgiving today's Thanksgiving Eve. I want to say that I'm thankful for you guys for watching every single week. Not only here just on the debrief, but every day on the top story, every day that you guys watch us on the roundup. I'm very thankful for Rico, bro. Rico has been my ride or die guy now for six years. My best friend, my brother from another mother. He not only helps me with this show, but he also uh, helps produce the Recons of Wrestling show that he's been on with me uh, since 2016. So, bro, thank you so much, bro. I couldn't have done any of this without you. Uh, bro, you are one of the best people in the entire world. And there should be – if the if people were more like you, bro – this, this whole entire world will be such a better place. But I'm definitely thankful for you. I'm thankful for working here at Sports Kita, being able to bring this uh, this type of stuff to you guys on an everyday basis. So I'm very, very thankful for that, guys. What about you, Rico? What are you thankful for this year, man? Oh, every you know everything that you brought up, Jose, I could barely say it better than you have. But, you know, this year being as crazy as it has been, uh, you know, being in good health, being able to – again, continue to see you and hang out with you and your family. And uh, this stuff that we've been doing, like you said, for six years, there's nobody else I'd rather do this with than you. And, you know, we just continue to keep building off each other, keep getting better every single time that we do this. So, you know, I want to thank you again for continuing to be with me on this journey. And for all of you guys too, you know, for welcoming us into, you know, your homes or wherever you're watching us and, you know, checking us out, you know, this is, Two guys that just really love professional wrestling, and we just get to talk about it and vibe with it 
uh, with you guys, you know, and it's just great to have you guys here and let us know how you feel and let us know what you guys think too. You might agree with us. You might disagree, but at the end of the day, we're all here together for one thing. And that's to enjoy wrestling. So thank you that's guys. It. Thank that's you guys it. so much. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah, man. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. Thank you to CRC, Chris Aldridge, Steve Chambers, Ryan Coots, all you guys, all the diehards. Thank you so much for joining us. And remember, guys, uh, make sure you are subscribing to the Sports Kita Wrestling YouTube channel. We got a ton of stuff dropping later this week. We got a ton of exclusive interviews right now. The new, uh, the new bro show dropping with Diamond Dallas Page, Vince Russo, and Dr. Chris Featherstone. Dropping tomorrow at 10:30 p.m. on our Instagram chat and our Instagram page. I was about to say Instagram channel, but whatever. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, so make sure you guys stay up with everything that we're about to drop. Follow me on Jose G Official. Follow Rico Rico El Glorioso on all of our socials. And remember, guys, not only have a happy Thanksgiving and give thanks to your family and thanks to everyone, but when you're watching wrestling this Friday night while you're eating your turkey leftovers. What's the most important thing they need to be doing when they're watching wrestling and eating those turkey leftovers, Rico? Enjoy. Enjoy wrestling. Enjoy wrestling, guys. Happy Thanksgiving, and we'll see you guys next week. Good night. Be safe, guys.